Welcome to the happiest podcast on earth. Hello there, everyone. This is not your regularly scheduled programming. In fact, I'm the only one here right now, and there's a very specific reason as to why. If you listen to the little tidbit we posted earlier today, what is Hunter World? Well, this is what is Hunter World. This is episode one of Hunter World, a new Patreon-exclusive series, but we're throwing the first episode out for everyone to enjoy, hopefully, or everyone to bash on me for. It it really depends. We're going to see how this goes. And I'm going to be all on my own island here, so I have no no one to bounce off of. So we're going to go with it. Before we get started, we are going to have a little word from our sponsor here. Our, this episode is sponsored by The Lost Bros. Uh, the Lost Bros, I'm, I'm not going to read the script. I know, I know this. Since this is Hunter World, you're going to get personalized sponsorships on this one. So The Lost Bros offers a ton of merchandise inspired by your favorite theme parks and that merchandise. So I always say this, but my pet peeve about Disney merch is that they put something cool on it and then they put about five other things on it. They put like a distress layer and then they put 2022 right across the front of it. And it's all stuff like, well, that's well and good, but you know, it's just not styling the lost bros is styling okay it's trendy merch um it all looks amazing um a lot of kind of inside jokes or kind of secrets or allusions to certain areas in certain parks um but you can use the merchandise code happiest pod for 15 percent off the store that using that code Really, it helps us and it helps y'all. It helps us in our partnership with Lost Bros bringing that merchandise to you, hopefully collaborating on future game days. We've got maybe a family feud still in the works for Lost Bros, happiest podcast versus Lost Bros, but um, we would really appreciate it. Using that code goes a long way for us to do things like this and create these episodes and take some time and speak our mind on Disney-related topics. So Lost Bros... Um, 50%, 15% off using code happiest pod t-shirts, beach towels, all kinds of stuff. Check out their website. They have all kinds of new designs every Monday. They're dropping something new and it is awesome. So check out lost bros today. That being said, this is episode one of Hunter world. If you didn't listen to the, what is Hunter world very briefly, it's basically just going to be me talking about certain things that I choose to talk about, reimagining certain things that I choose to reimagine. Um, and it's all kind of based off of how I've seen Disney, how I've grown up with Disney. I went into it in more detail in the What is Hunter World mini episode that we posted, but I'm not going to get into it. Um, but yeah, this episode is Walt Disney World. It's going to be the greatest years to be a guest at Walt Disney World. More specifically, the greatest year. I have two consolation uh, years in there, but this is the greatest year 
to be a guest at Walt Disney World. Um, it's obviously biased to when I've been a guest at Walt Disney World being Hunter World. So I'm not going to be saying 1981, obviously the year, you know, it all happened, but I'm not going to be able to, you know, relate to that very much. So I'm only thinking, you know, from 1999, 2000 up until present day. So we're going to go, I have three time periods picked out for very specific reasons. Uh, the first two I'll go through kind of quick. Um, but the last one being the best year, I feel like the best year personally for me to be a guest of Walt Disney world and the best year, I think for a lot of people to be a guest of Walt Disney world, we'll get into that in a lot of detail. So first up on the list, third in the greatest years to visit Walt Disney world, a very unexpected, unexpected year. I went 20 20 2020 post COVID reopening. Let me explain, please. So having grown up going to Disney, obviously there are a lot of cons with the post COVID Disney area. One obviously being COVID and the risk you're taking there. Um, but in terms of the parks and what they're offering in entertainment, we're going to focus on that. Um, entertainment was lacking a lot of the live shows the parades the nighttime shows stuff like that wasn't happening but being someone who's gone to the disney parks um, for the last 22 years it's not something that i was too sad to miss because i mean it's coming back right it's coming back we all know it's coming back but it was a time when the park was at partial capacity there were no fast passes and barely any weights. I know there was less content, but it was a time that kind of brought me back to when, obviously minus the mask, but brought me back to like, you're thinking like the 2010s and stuff like that. Like back when, before everybody knew about Disney, I don't even think you can really say that, but it felt like it was less popular back in the day or there just weren't as many people there. Um, but yeah, it was it was an instant transition, like a time capsule going back to when you're walking and there's empty streets and you don't see anyone and um, you can just kind of go on whatever you want to go on. And the lines with no fast pass, the lines were always shorter than the posted weights, which was a very refreshing thing to experience going on and going on to some of the most crowded attractions um, and it being a posted 40 minute wait, you know, space mountain, 40 minute wait, you're in and out of there in 25 minutes. And that was, that was cool. And you didn't have to worry about fast pass plus and all that kind of stuff. You didn't have to worry about, you know, just thinking ahead and that sort. You just, if you got in the park, you could do whatever you needed to and everybody's on level playing field. I thought personally, that was awesome. Um, so that's why 2020 made it on my list of, one of the best times to be a guest at Disney in terms of specifically the experience you have in the park um, with attractions, with crowds, all that kind of stuff. Obviously, the huge negative was that COVID was going on. But if you're able to look at that from a different perspective of what it was like just to be in the park, that was cool. That was very cool. Um, second. The second year of the greatest years to be a Disney guest, I put this another one specific to me, but I put 2015. 2015 
for another specific reason. And as it is in Hunter World, this is from my perspective. I'm not expecting anybody else's 2015 to go kind of the way my 2015 in the Disney parks went, but that was during my fall Disney college program, working at Winnie the Pooh and the Mad Tea Party and cross-training to the TTC people, uh, the trams. I uh, got to drive those, which was very neat. Um, it was the Disney college program. Um, Fast class plus was new that was a new and exciting thing that was out star wars and frozen were absolutely everywhere 2015 being the year the force awakens came back the huge reboot it was everywhere in the parks frozen had just come out you could go to fro something frozen and three of the four parks the fourth being animal kingdom and i'm still surprised they didn't figure something out to put in there and they might have and i'm just missing it but um Disney Springs in 2015 was being revamped. The landing was being revamped. You had Jock Lindsay's uh, hangar bar, boathouse, Morimoto Asia. It was starting to make that transition from the old downtown Disney that really needed an update to what we have today as Disney Springs, which is which is awesome. Um, Trader Sam's at the Polynesian Resort uh, was a new thing. And then uh, a couple other deals specific to the park in Hollywood Studios. The Sorcerer's Hat was removed, um, giving you that new view that some people liked. Some people didn't. Personally, I did like the Sorcerer's Hat, but it was cool as a temporary thing. The great movie ride was going strong. Um, sorry to all of you Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway uh, fans, but great movie ride for life. That that thing was awesome. The trolley car Starbucks in studios opened in 2015. Um, and like I said, Star Wars was everywhere. They had Star Wars, Path of the Jedi, Launch Bay. Um, Star Tours had its update where it wasn't the same experience every time. You got pulled to three different experiences, and that was really cool. It added a lot of cool rewritability to that attraction. Um, and my, one of my favorites was the Star Wars a Galactic Spectacular. Um, towards the end of 2015, near when The Force Awakens came out, was the nighttime fireworks show um, that replaced a Frozen fireworks show. So Frozen Star Wars 2015, it's a big theme. Um, but the Star Wars uh, a Galactic Spectacular uh, fireworks show was very, very cool. I remember it was late in the program. I think it was my last time in studios going to see that with all the friends that I made on my college program, um, just watching that show and just, you know, not getting upset, not, not crying, but getting emotional. Like, this is it. We're leaving studios for good. And you experience it with your friends, which is another cool thing about the college program is you find a group and you do everything together. Um, and it's a really, really cool way to meet new people over in the magic kingdom. Skipper canteen, uh, was opening. Um, I still think that is a really cool themed restaurant around the society of adventures and explorers, explorers and adventures. Excuse me. If you don't know what that is, check it out. Maybe we're going to do a hunter world society of explorers and adventures. Cause that is a rabbit hole to go down. Um, and then in Epcot, one of my memories in 2015 was smash mouth was at the eat to the beat concert in Epcot. So smash mouth was rocking out in Epcot at one point in 2015 which is awesome. So what other than that separated 2015 to me is something that as a regular guest, 
you'll never experience as a cast member. You'll never be able to experience again. It's like a little time capsule of when, if you knew what to do, you could have the greatest time, the greatest day at the Disney parks. I can say this now because I don't work at Disney, but it was a huge exploit for fast pass plus. So there was this thing called fast pass plus before genie plus it was when they were doing all of the kiosks and when you can go to the kiosk it was basically like the paper ticket version but all digital through the kiosk with your magic band or for cast members they have their cards their main gate cards which are like their plastic tap key that they would enter and that's how they get in and out of the parks you have that and you have three other cards that are guest passes so something that we figured out having a friend in the college program that worked the fast pass plus kiosk is for a little bit you could get any card and put it on there people were getting photo pass cards and going to fast pass plus swiping those things on there and getting fast passes on a photo card in addition to their ticket um, I don't think that lasted the whole year, but one thing that did last the whole year was using the main gates for extra fast passes. Um, for a little bit, I thought you had to enter into the park and they did eventually change that to where you have to use it for park entry to do fast passes. But if you walk into the park, go to the, the touch point and touch your main gate and your three, um, uh, guest passes. So you have four tickets total. You could get three fast passes per ticket, three fast passes per ticket. You had 12 fast passes a day, 12 a day. Um, that was wild. And again, it was an exploit. I'm sorry. It probably made the lines longer for normal guests, but as a college kid, trying to just have as much fun in Disney as I could. I couldn't resist. I didn't use it all the time, but I used it quite a bit. Um, whether that was getting 12 fast passes in one park or three fast passes in every Disney park. I did that a couple of times where you do all four parks one day, have three fast passes for each and working in Fantasyland has its perks people because the Winnie the Pooh fast passes were fast passes for every single fantasy land attraction except seven doors mine train and peter pan so we had stacks of those things because poo broke down all the time a lot of honey spills okay so we had stacks i mean at the end of the month when they were expiring we'd have a stack of probably 50 fast passes we'd give them to friends do all that kind of stuff you can't do that now which is a bummer because fast passes cost money so we used to be able to give them to guests all the time um I feel like almost on every shift, if I saw a guest that was maybe having a bad day or having a struggle or something like that, you give them five fast passes or whatever, like for their family, their family of five, not five for what person, um, but you give them some fast passes and it makes their day. And that was cool because that was some magic that we could make as cast members uh, that I thought was really, really cool. So um biased obviously but it's hunter world and that's my excuse i can be biased on this show because i'm by myself and nobody's here to call me out which is great but y'all can call me out obviously uh shoot some messages and all that kind of stuff but we are that was 2015 we are going to go into the greatest year now to visit the disney parks walt disney world parks 
think about what your greatest year was. Have it in your head. And let's see if we're the same. Let, you got to let me know if we're the, on the same wavelength here. But my greatest year, I think, was ever to visit the Disney theme parks was 2006. 2006. 06, maybe. So 2006 was two celebrations. One from January 1st all the way to October 1st. And the other from October 1st all the way to the end of December. And so on after that, it was a multi-year celebration. First was 50 Years of Magic. Um, it was called the Happiest Celebration on Earth. Uh, that was a Disneyland-Disney World joint, uh, Disneyland-Disney World joint celebration. And second, the reason why I'm picking 2006 was the year of a million dreams. The year of a million dreams, growing up as a kid, I think was one of the best celebrations in the parks. Um, so many things that you could imagine happening when you were a guest during the year of a million dreams, like they were giving out these things called dream passes, which I still thought dream passes existed for like, <laughs> I mean, literally for probably 15 years after 2006 till 2021. Okay. Like I still thought they were a thing. I didn't know it was specific to this. They were just such a myth and such a legend in my mind as a, as a, as a kid, a little sixth grader going to the parks in 2006, but cast members were free to pick guests during the day, just during the normal park day and walk up to them, pull them aside, give them a dream pass, which means it's fast pass for every ride. Just, just go show them your dream pass and you're going through every ride. I think they had little, little tickets on them or notches on them. They're like plastic pass you wore around your neck and you just rip that little notch off, hand it to them. And that was your uh, ticket into the fast pass for that attraction. Um, other giveaways for a cast member from cast members to guests were happening. They were giving out, um, Disney vacation club memberships. I don't know if you guys know how much those have cost or those cost or realize how much those cost. I don't, you also have to pay for them. So <laughs> I don't know if they said, congratulations, you get to buy one or here you go. You got like a free year and then you pay from then on. I think you pay for them, right? I, I might be mistaken. Um, but the fact that they were giving out vacation club memberships was cool. They were giving out nights. This was the first night or the first year, 2006, that the Cinderella Castle Dream Suite was renovated. Um, it used to be like a call center back in the day. Like it was an office. Like they just used it for whatever. It was going to be the Disney family apartment. Um, but then they just started using it for other stuff. And then they had... Um, it renovated into the Cinderella dream suite. And then in 2006, they were walking up to people in the parks saying, congratulations. You've, this is year of a million dreams and we're granting dreams. And you guys have the opportunity to stay in the Cinderella dream suite. I'm just like, what? <laughs> like you see the commercials and all kinds of stuff. And you hear like all the stories since my grandparents were cast members, they had stories and all that kind of stuff. Um, and that's probably why I didn't never want anything. Cause I was getting in on a cast member guest pass every time I visited. So yeah, there you go. That might be it, but just going to the parks and knowing like it's possible that something extraordinary could happen at any second. It was a different feeling than it is, you know, five years after that, 10 years, after, even now it's just a different feeling back then in 2006. Um, so that was really, 
really cool. Another positive in 2006, I will talk about this for ages, but I'll only mention it shortly here is the old fast pass system, the ticket system where you're going into the park gates and it was always dad, dad for us and our family. I don't know who it was for y'all's family, but we all got in with our little paper tickets, you know, that might have Mickey mouse or goofy's face or Donald's face on it. You slide it through, you do your little fingerprint on there. Um, and that little ticket that kind of like racks, you walk through the turnstile, you hand all the tickets to dad and he runs to that attraction that y'all are going to want to get a fast pass on. And he cycles those tickets through guts gets five fast passes for the family and then come meets us on another attraction. Like every park, it was like that magic magic kingdom. Um, he was running to like space mountain Epcot. It was test track. We'll get into test track in 2006. Just a second. Don't you worry. Uh, Animal Kingdom, he's running back to Kilimanjaro. I mean, there wasn't a lot in Animal Kingdom in 2006, but that's okay. But there was a couple. Um, and then MGM Studios, gosh, like Tower of Terror, Rock and Roll Coaster. He's running straight back there, getting those. And then you just have your fast passes. And then it was just, like I said, everybody on an equal playing field. There's this many fast passes available when the park opens. Come and get them. That is awesome. And it was always cool because places like Six Flags, Universal, they all charge for fast passes and flash passes and whatever they call them. And it was always cool at Disney because you felt like you got that extra perk just by going. And that kind of added to the magic and to the experiences there. Um, overall, let me give you some more information about 2006. So smaller crowds was a huge thing. I, okay. A little bit about me here. I was homeschooled. Okay. I didn't go to school during normal times. Um, and I didn't take vacations at normal times. So I, throughout my life, have gone on vacations to Walt Disney World in the best possible times of the year. I feel like not a lot ever in spring break, not a lot ever in Christmas. I mean, we've gone in Christmas before um, just to have that experience. But for the most part, we scheduled our vacations first week of December, third week of August, um, you know, three weeks after spring break, um, you're thinking late January, early February, like all those kind of times when people were going to school, people were doing finals and I could just go with our, our family could pack up and go and have a good time and come back and do our thing. So that was another perk, obviously just anytime going to Disney, but smaller crowds in 2006, specifically magic kingdom, had 16 million people in 2006, has 21 million people in 2019. Um, the biggest difference, I feel like, is Animal Kingdom with 9 million in 20, 2006, and then 14 million in 2019. Obviously, they have some more space and stuff like that. Um, but just overall, throughout all the parks, there were just less people. Um, and that it's just, it was cool. Shorter, less people means shorter lines. And that's always fun when you're going to Disney. Um, another cool thing was $63 got you a one day park ticket. Um, and it costs a reason why Disney quest probably failed. I'll say this now is it costs $36 to get into Disney quest when it cost $63 to get into the park. I don't know many of you now that would be going to Disney quest if it still existed and costs 60 to $70 to get into, but which is about, you know, a little over half of what it costs to get into the parks today. But 
that I felt like when researching this was super expensive to get into Disney Quest at 36 bucks, but 63 bucks got you into the parks in Walt Disney World in 2006. And an annual pass, a premium annual pass cost $415. $415 gets you in any time of year. Premium annual pass, no blockout dates, do whatever you want. That was crazy. Um, a couple other things that happened in 2006, Disney purchased Pixar. Um, so Pixar characters were all over the parks. That was huge. Um, there was Woody going around in Frontierland. The Seas with Nemo and Friends came about. Finding Nemo the Musical and Animal Kingdom replaced uh, Tarzan. If anybody remembers Tarzan, that open theater with like, it was kind of a stunt show. Um, and it was long. Finding Nemo the Musical was very long. It was like 45 minutes and it had like 16 songs and it was a big deal back then. I think they've shortened it since then. And I know I say a lot of bad things about it, but it was like a premiere show that they added in 2006. Um, going through the parks a little bit, let's talk about the parks. We've kind of talked about a lot of the general stuff, Year of a Million Dreams, the fast passes, all that kind of stuff. Let's go into the parks. So Animal Kingdom is what I'll hit on first and the, try to sell you on the reasons why 2006 was such a cool year to visit Walt Disney World. Um, Expedition Everest opened April 7th, 2006. And the Yeti was working briefly. So if you visited in 2006, you saw a working Yeti. And I feel like that alone, I could end this episode right now and we can be like, yep, 2006, that's the year. But you could go ride Expedition Everest, brand new, working Yeti. I've done it once, I think, with the Yeti working. And it is awesome. It is so, so cool. Camp Mickey Minnie was another thing uh, over by where pandora is currently there's this thing called camp mickey mini um and the lion king theater was actually over there right where pandora is now um but camp mickey mini was super cool i found myself uh meeting a lot of characters i feel like i did a lot of character meet and greets back then and they were a lot shorter lines the i feel like you were going to the park and you'd be walking from point a to point b see a character and say hey let's go talk to him and you wait probably less than five minutes and you go talk to him, get an autograph and move on. And that's kind of how it was. I feel like back in 2006, they had some of the big meet and greets where you'd wait in a line. Um, but it was still cool to, you know, see Baloo and stuff like that uh, just in the parks and just be able to stop, say hi and move on. Like another big one was in Epcot at the entrance to Epcot where all they have all the portraits uh, that they've since I think removed. Um, but there are always characters there and you can just go say hi. There are still characters there, but you know, they show up and there's a huge line, but there were a lot of free roaming, um, a lot of magical experiences. Uh, I feel like in 2006 at the parks, um, but that was animal kingdom MGM studios, not Hollywood studios in 2006 MGM studios. Um, I think was perfect in 2006 MGM studios. I will say, was perfect in 2006 it had a great theme i it was one of my favorite parks the theme of making movies show business hollywood you know see what the product looks like and then see how it's made i thought that was so cool um especially on may 5th 2006 lights motors action opened at mgm studios 
um, one of my favorites. You sit on bleachers, you watch a stunt show. Um, I know you're just sitting on bleachers and it's like, well, the theming's not there, but the theming's all around you. Like the fact that you walk into the bleachers from the back and you get to see all the stuff that's just not pretty. And you just see like all the, you know, behind the scenes. And it kind of gave you that thought. And if you think about it, the entire facade for Lights, Motors, Action, it was reversed. It was facing the park. So when you're walking up to Lights, Motors, Action, you're seeing behind the set pieces you're seeing all of the stuff the drivers drive behind everything that's tricking you um and then you finally get in front of it and look at it and it looks like a little little town little city so i thought that was really really cool um indiana jones stunt spectacular had kevin brassard performing on the regular as indiana jones if you don't know kevin brassard you need to just google and find out he is the most famous he opened Indiana Jones stunt spectacular. Um, when it opened in the parks, he was the Indiana Jones and he performed for a long, long time. Um, and he was the best. Uh, that was when Indiana Jones as a show had a lot of stuff going for it. They were doing the rope drop all the time and the entry. I feel like I barely even see that now anymore doing the rope drop on the entry. I don't know if it's too dangerous now or what, um, the trap door with the airplane propellers was working. A lot of other stunts were working. Every time I went in 2006 and around 2006 felt like the show was working like clockwork and you go now and there's a good chance something's not working, which is sad. I wish they would, you know, keep it going. But in 2006, it was awesome. Um, other than that, in MGM studios, we had journey into Narnia creating the lion, the witch and the wardrobe. That was a huge um well i wouldn't say huge it was a walkthrough experience but it was huge in the fact that you walk through the set pieces and you kind of see here's a stage like the great mgm theming that it was sound stage number whatever it was you walk into that building and then you're there um and it just themed it so, so well. I was a huge fan of that, getting to walk through it and see behind the scenes. Um, one thing that was on its way out, but still existed in 2006 was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Play it. Um, that was really, really cool. Getting to play Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, sitting there, again, walking in from the outside, not knowing what you're getting into, getting into the room and it all just opens up to you. And it's, it is the exact Who Wants to Be a Millionaire set. Super, super cool. The Osborne Family Spectacle of Dancing Lights. Um, that was the first year that it was the Dancing Lights. Um, before that, when it was over by Lights Motors Action, before it opened, it was just kind of a light display. Um, but the Spectacle of Dancing Lights uh, synced everything to music and kind of flashlights had a lot of motion effects, a lot of different things happening. And that was really, really popular. And on the Streets of America facades there, that was one of the coolest things around the holidays at Disney to go see um, the most Christmas lights you ever, you ever see ever. And you know how like fireworks shows at Disney make other fireworks shows. Like you don't really even care to watch. It was like, sometimes you'd grow up and drive through neighborhoods and look at Christmas lights. If you went to this Osborne spectacle of the dancing lights, family spectacle of the dancing lights, you didn't care to <laughs> drive around neighborhoods anymore and look at other people's Christmas lights, basically. Um, one another one of the coolest things we've talked about kind of great movie ride a little bit earlier i mentioned that that was going strong that was awesome the backlot tour was also going strong with catastrophe canyon um they had the pearl harbor pre-show which was awesome the 
prop house um, was really cool to walk through. And it, you just walk through and you see something new every time. You look a little harder every time. And the amount of detail and the amount of props that were in there, again, fitting into that MGM park theme, I think it was really, really neat. Um, and the last but not least was the mist and Coke bottle outside of <laughs> The backlot tour entrance uh, right there, there was a giant Coke bottle that the cap would open and mist on you. And that was always fun to come across. I don't know why that stuck in my head as a kid in 2006, but that was something that I just always remember. Um, but anyways, that was MGM Studios. Again, I think it was the perfect embodiment of MGM Studios in 2006. It wasn't, it wasn't trying to give you a a perfect like like experience kind of like uh galaxy's edge is right now like everything in galaxy's edge you're there that's it and it's perfectly themed which is great but mgm studios had its own style its own uniqueness to say okay yeah you're there and you can see it in star tours today you have the atat -AT out front it's like okay it's there but take a step behind it and let me let us show you how we did it and I think that was really cool. It was really inspiring um, as a kid to kind of like see like, how do they make this stuff and how do they trick your eyes into seeing stuff like that? Streets of America, all that kind of stuff. It was, here's what it's looking like from the way we want you to see it. And then you could, you're free to walk around it and touch it and move around and take pictures of whatever angle you want and see what it looks like from other angles. And I thought that was really, really cool. Um, but moving on, moving on. Magic Kingdom in 2006. We talked about the Cinderella Castle Suite. Dream Along with Mickey was the castle show. The Family Fun Day Parade was the parade. Personally, I was able to ride in the fire truck as the Grand Marshal uh, to the Family Fun Day Parade. Maybe another reason why I picked 2006. But again, it's Hunter World. It's my show. I can say what I want. Um, and Jack Sparrow for Pirates of the Caribbean was added in. Barbosa, Sparrow, all of those characters from the movies were added in to Pirates of the Caribbean. So that really gave new life uh, to that attraction over there at Magic Kingdom. Um, in Epcot, we had Interventions. Um, Mission Space only had one option, and that was Mission Space. You wrote it, and it was as intense as it was intense, and that's how it was. Um, I think it was switched to the green alternative either late 2006 or 2007. I uh, can't recall the exact time, but for a little while, there was a little golden zone of you're just taking someone on mission space. No green, no orange. It's just the way it was meant to be. And that's, that's, that's all right with me. Um, we already said the season Nemo and friends with Pixar getting purchased. Pixar was everywhere. Soren over California was still a new attraction. It was less than a year old. And still to this day, even though it was in Florida and it was Soren over California, I think having it be so practical um, with the jets, um, all the scenery and all the shots that they used, I think that was superior to Soren over the world. But again, it's Hunter World, so I can say that. Um, and probably my favorite part of Epcot was OG Test Track. You could ride it in the year 2006, along with all of these other things that we've talked about in 2006, just all together embodying why I think if I had a time machine, obviously going back to the year it opened, 
I get that. But if I had a time machine to go and re-experience something that I was able to, you know, have fond memories of as a kid, I would pick 2006. I think that was an awesome time to go. It was an awesome time to be a guest at Disney. And yeah, that's, that's what I think. And this is Hunter World. So if you liked this episode of Hunter World and you want to hear more, Hunter World is going to be a new Happiest Podcast on Earth spinoff show on our Patreon. Um, so if you join our Patreon, we're going to be posting all kinds of episodes of this show in the future, uh, getting into all sorts of different things. So it's going to be really neat and hopefully a really good time. And I'm open to y'all shooting messages over. If you liked it, if you disliked it, if you think you want more of some sort of other type of thing, uh, if you want me to kind of zone in on reimagining something in particular, I'd love to hear about it. Um, but yeah, that is it for this episode. And we're going to go out with a sponsorship from the magic candle company. So the magic candle company, obviously you hear it all the time with us on the happiest podcast on earth. We love the magic candle company. They have numerous candles. Um, I think like plugins too, or just something like that to where you don't need the flame. Those are, those are pretty neat. Also, I've got my, uh, Banshee flight in here. Actually, where did I put that? Oh, there it is. Banshee flight. Um, got that sitting in here. Smells amazing. Um, you too could have Banshee flight with along with a whole other selection of scents inspired by the parks. You can use code happy 15 for 15% off your purchase from the magic candle company. It is something kind of, we got nostalgic in this episode of hunter world. It's something where if you want to think of realm burning, you can sit in your room after a long or sit in your living room after a long day at work, light up that candle and just kind of close your eyes and hear, hear the voice of (laughs) the old Jeremy irons on a mission or on spaceship earth as you go through realm burning. So that is, would be from magic candle company again 15 percent off code happy 15 um this episode is also sponsored by pixie vacations or vacations pixie vacations as our fearless leader Jarrett likes to say um it is free always free to partner up with a pixie travel agent you can visit pixievacations.com to get connected mention the podcast let them know that we sent you happiest podcast on earth and hopefully they can help you plan the Disney vacation of your dreams. Cause we know this isn't 2006 anymore. People there is genie plus the scary genie plus, but it's, it's not that scary, but really if you've never been having an extra person to kind of advise you that does it all the time, that can give you all of the information you need because you need park tickets, park reservations, hotel reservations. Genie Plus opens up on a certain day if you have a park reservation. You have certain extra hours if you're at a deluxe hotel. All of that stuff is really, really hard to keep track of. And when you're working, just, you know, you're working every day and you got a vacation coming up and you got a family to take care of and you're going to be babysitting the family the whole vacation, you want someone else to think about those things for you. So that's what Pixie Vacations does. Uh, Visit them, pixievacations.com to get connected and learn more. Tell them we sent you. And that is all for this first episode of Hunter World. I'm not going to steal Jarrett's outro. I'm just going to say 
we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.